Welcome to Grace Church's podcast. The message you are about to hear was recorded live during our Sunday service. Be sure to download our app and follow along with sermon notes. And now for our message. So uh, one, of the, one of the spiritual gifts that uh, I feel like I have, I'm always a little leery of that because people get really weird with this is my gift, and therefore it's all I can do. But one of the things that I feel like I'm kind of inclined towards in terms of spiritual gifts, which we'll be talking about here in a couple more weeks, is teaching. And the teacher part of me always wants to make sure that we hold on to the pieces of the, the teachings that we're going through. Like, it's kind of, don't take this the wrong way, but it feels kind of dumb to me to be like, oh, let's just say a bunch of stuff and nobody remembers any of it. So I'm always looking for ways to help me and you, us collectively, hold on to things. So everything that we're doing in the Life in the Spirit series will fall into one of three categories of the work of the Spirit. I've been saying this each week, but I want you to, I want you to be able to hold on to it. Everything He does either helps us move into Christ, places us in Christ, that is salvation, or it helps us, He enables us, the Spirit enables us to think and to act like Jesus that is the big spiritual word, sanctification, where we become incrementally like Jesus, become like him in our thinking, our talking, our behaving, all of that. And the third category would be that the Spirit empowers us to minister like Jesus. So everything we're talking about falls into one of those three categories. And we just finished doing the section about salvation where we looked at the Spirit of God as the Spirit of truth, that is the truth teller, as the convictor, as the one who seals us into Christ, seals us in relationship with God, and as the one who indwells us. So every single person who has called upon the name of the Lord and said, Lord, I believe, I, I want to be you know, your child. Please forgive me of my sins. I want to follow you. Every time that happens, the Holy Spirit literally, literally, turn to the person next to you and say literally, literally, that's what some people say, literally comes to, to live inside of that person's life, takes up residence inside of them, which is an amazing miracle, amen? But he doesn't, and I said this last week, he doesn't just come in and sit down and put his, you know, on the couch of your heart and put his feet on the coffee table of your life and say, okay, we're good now. We're just going to hang out here till it's time to die and go to be with Jesus. That's not what happens. Like I said last week, he's like the new sheriff, right? He comes in, he's like, all right, let's get to work. It's like, I didn't think of this till last service, but I mean, it's like the ultimate spiritual fixer-upper. And he comes into your house and he's like, well, you got good bones here, but we're going to have to do a whole lot of tearing down and rebuilding, right? I mean, that's what he does. He comes in and he's like, let's get to work. And, and it's hard and it's hurtful and it's, sometimes it's, it's, uh, it's stressful to us because things that we thought were right or that we held on to and really loved, now we're having to let go of and, and, and trust him with. When I said that last week, I started thinking this week when I was praying, I started thinking, I don't want to send the wrong message about the Holy Spirit. Because if anybody has a bad reputation in the Trinity, it's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gets accused of a lot of things that are not the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit gets, gets um, blamed for things that really aren't his doing. So when I say, like, the Spirit comes in, he kicks down the door of your life, and he's the new sheriff, I'm saying that to be funny. But really, the Holy Spirit is, is not not any, in any way different than the way that Jesus was when he walked the earth. So, so the, the Spirit's name in the New Testament, Holy Spirit, if you're reading the King James, Holy Ghost, 
spirit of God, spirit of holiness. Those are ways that he's described. But there's also places in the New Testament where the Holy Spirit is described as the spirit of Jesus or the spirit of Christ in Romans 8 or the spirit of the Lord in 2 Corinthians. And the reason I'm pointing that out is that though they're separate and distinct persons, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, they're all God, they're separate and distinct, they share character qualities. So if you're ever wondering, well, how does the Holy Spirit actually work? Take a look at the way that, the, that Jesus interacts with his disciples, and you will see a picture of how the Spirit works with us. So Jesus is nice, amen? I think it's important that we establish that Jesus is nice. Such a lame word, isn't it? Jesus is kind. Jesus is loving. Jesus also will like call them, you know, to account. He's corrective. He will challenge them, but always in a way that is loving and embracing and always in a way that is restorative. The Holy Spirit's the same way. When he's working with us, he will challenge us. He will love us. He will be kind. He will encourage, but always in a way ultimately that brings us closer to himself. Does that make sense? Okay. So let's look at a quality this morning that really fits in that center category of being enabled to think and act like Jesus. Jesus, the Son, and and the Holy Spirit have another quality in common. Jesus came to be a servant. Mark chapter 10, Jesus says this about himself. He often, often calls himself the Son of Man. He says this. He says, oh, wait a second. Did I miss something? No, I didn't miss it. Okay. I'm always forgetting that I ask you to write stuff down, and then I'm just going past it and thinking, did I not tell them that? So I'm just checking. I'm good. All right, here we go. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus was a servant. Jesus lived a life of service to others. Everything about Jesus was about others. It was all about them. So he's in heaven, right? He doesn't have to come. Philippians chapter 2 says that he didn't think that staying with God was something to be held onto, something to be grasped. But rather, he humbled himself. He, poured, he was poured out and came to earth, took the form of a, of, a, of a man. He lived a sinless life. He gave himself, was suffered obediently even to death on a cross, it says in that passage of Scripture. He humbled himself by coming. He humbled himself by focusing on the needs of others. He humbled himself by dying on the cross. The Spirit also does a servant-like, has a servant-like quality, a servant-like mission in his, in, his, uh, in his job description, we could say it that way. The Spirit also humbly supports others. He comes as our helper. Turn to the person next to you and just say, helper, 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 helper. It sounds like such a wimpy word, doesn't it? Helper, you know, it just, and yet, really, there's not anything, there's near, there's almost nothing that the Spirit does that is more precious to the believer than helping us because of the way that he does it. The word helper in the original language is the word paraclete, and this is what that word means. In Greek, it would mean, a helper would mean one who comes alongside, one who comes to aid another. To plead another's cause before a judge, to counsel, to be an advocate, to be an intercessor, a helper, an aider, or an assistant. The Holy Spirit, who lives inside of us, right, indwelling, comes to us as the helper. Four different times in the Gospel of John, Jesus describes the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, as the helper. And what the helper does is, if the best way for me to describe that particular word is to say that it's like the Spirit comes up and he throws his arm over our shoulders 
And he says, we're doing this together. I'm walking with you. The Holy Spirit, our helper, assists, encourages, and defends us. In the same way that Jesus came to serve, the Spirit came to help. And he lives in us partly for that reason, just to be helpful. Let's look at where Jesus, two of the occasions where Jesus calls the Spirit the helper in John. So go to John chapter 14 in your Bible or in your device, and let's look together. John chapter 15. I'm sorry. Thank you. John chapter 14, verse 15 is what I'm trying to say. I have a helper. John chapter 14, starting in verse 15. Let me read it to you out of the ESV. It says this, Jesus speaking, he says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Remember, we talked about that a few weeks ago. Jesus is referencing the upcoming time just several weeks after when this event takes place when the Holy Spirit would be poured out in Acts chapter 2 and the Spirit would move, like Ezekiel says in chapter 36, I will put my Spirit in them. Instead of the Spirit being around us, He will become an indweller. So Jesus is referencing that. In verse 15, when I I read this text, it feels to me like it's disconnected. Verse 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, right. And then Jesus says, and I'll send you another helper. And he talks about the Spirit. I want this morning for us to connect those two scriptures. That when Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments, he immediately also says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. To help us keep the commandments, write this down if you're doing the notes, if to help us keep the commandments, Jesus sends us the helper. He helps us be obedient. The Spirit of God helps us be obedient. Now think of it. He's inside of us. He's speaking the truth. He's convicting us. He is sealing us so that we're guaranteed for heaven and all of that. He's doing all that as an internal resident. He's, He's identifying. It says in Romans chapter 8 that the Spirit testifies to our spirit that we are the sons and daughters of God. So we're having this relationship with the Spirit. He's inside of us, but God is sending them there in part so that when we're struggling, we can call out and ask for help, and the help is already right here with us. He's right inside. So how unfair, how unkind would it have been of God to say, hey, this is my way. I want you to walk in it. These are my precepts. These are my testimonies. These are my commands. These are my my ways. Walk in all of them. Use the best of your courage, the best of your strength, the best of your knowledge, the best of your insight to try to be obedient to me. Very unfair. I mean, I don't know about you, but how, how good are you? Don't answer that question. I could be good for 10 seconds, maybe 15, 20. It's hard to be good. Somebody please say amen. Okay, good. It's just hard to be good. It's hard to do good. It's hard. It's really, it's easy to look good or to try to look good. It's hard to actually be good because we're selfish. Our orientation is not towards others. It's towards me. I want what I want. It'd be so unkind for the Father to say, go live out this life. Go live out the kingdom realities that I have brought to earth on your own. 
But that's not what he said. He said, I'm going to put me in you so that you can obey me. I'm going to put me in you so that you can obey me. That's pretty cool. Like, it's not on me to come up with the strength, the wisdom, the insight, the knowledge, the behavior, to do all that stuff so that it honors God. He's doing that in me. He is such a realist. He loves you. Turn to the person next to you and say, he really loves you. But he is not under any misconceptions about your struggles. He knows how hard this can be if it was up to you. And so he doesn't make it up to you. He sends the helper to live inside of you so that the helper can give you what you need to be obedient. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. I do love you, Jesus. Thank you for giving me the helper so that my life actually looks like I love you. The second thing in that passage is this. This is on your uh, notes as well. The Spirit stays with us forever. He is permanently present with us. Verse 16 again. I'll ask the Father and He will give you another helper to be with you forever. As long as there is a church, there will be a helper. Until we all, those who have called upon the Lord, are in the Lord's presence in eternity after the end of the times that we are living in, when all of the, everything fall, you know, gets done and resolved, at that point, the helper's role will be different because we'll be in heaven, we'll be perfected, we won't need the helper inside. But as long as there's a church, as long as there are people living on this planet who have called upon the name of the Lord, there will always be the helper with us. This is incredibly important. The reason it's incredibly important, one of the reasons it's incredibly important is I don't personally feel spiritual all the time. I could use an amen. Do you personally feel spiritual all the time? I mean, let's just be honest. If you're one of those people that feels spiritual all the time, you're, this is not a good church for you because, because that's not real. We want to walk in the Spirit constantly, amen? That's what we're told to do. But the reality is sometimes you have cruddy days and you don't feel very spiritual. I'm not condemning you and I'm not saying that's okay. I'm just saying that's a reality for us. Yesterday was one of those days for me. I just didn't, I mean, we didn't get in a fight or anything. I have nothing to confess. <laughs> but... <laughs> But I just didn't feel like myself. I just didn't feel right. And Susan kept saying, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I guess. I just didn't, you ever have those days? It just didn't feel very spiritual. Didn't, and, but the Holy Spirit was still there. He, because he lives in me, was there. The helper was right there the whole time. Probably saying, hey, buddy, why don't you talk to me? You know, and then, yeah, duh. But I mean, he didn't go away. Because that's the way that we because of the way that we are in our brokenness, we think that when we feel spiritual, we're closer to God, and when we don't feel spiritual, God is far away. And the reality is, you're never spiritual enough to get him to come to be with you. So it's because of what Jesus has done that he's taken up residence, period. Whether you feel spiritual or not. That is good news. He stays with us forever. Jump down to verse 26. Let's look at one more thing that Jesus says about the helper. Chapter 14, verse 26 he says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and will bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. The Spirit will teach you all things and will bring to remembrance everything that I've told you. The helper teaches on your notes and reminds us of all we need to know. Spirit teaches us and reminds us of all we need to know. 
when the spirit of truth speaks, when someone speaks truth, they're speaking by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that imparts all spiritual truth. I want to be clear that all truth does not include like you're going to wake up tomorrow morning because the Holy Spirit's residing in you, you understand, you know, quantum physics. That's not what I'm, that's not what the text is talking about. It's that everything that you need to understand spiritually at this juncture in your life, the Holy Spirit is giving to you freshly or reminding you of what was told to you earlier. By the way, most learning for mature believers is being reminded. I mean, you'll, you'll get a, a new revelation once in a while and be like, man, I never saw that. A lot of times it's like, oh yeah, I forgot. I did know that. That was really good. I needed to remember that. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit. This is so important to us as believers and as Christ followers because it is the, the ultimate, uh, ultimate way to level the playing field. Because every one of us knows someone that is very intelligent, that is very educated, that has lots of, you know, lots of brain power, who is very spiritually ignorant, who is not wise, who is foolish. Raise your hand if you know somebody like that. Yeah, they're everywhere. (laughs) Those are all over. All of that knowledge doesn't help them to be more spiritually mature, doesn't help them to be more uh, spiritually dialed into what God is saying and doing. We also know people who have not been well-educated, who maybe haven't gone to whatever schooling that we think they should have gone to, who maybe don't even have a lot to work with. And I'm not trying to be rude, but people, there, there are some people that just aren't very smart. <laughs> the Holy Spirit, because he's the teacher and the reminderer, can we say it that way? He elevates people that otherwise would not have knowledge and wisdom and insight, and he makes it so that you can learn from anyone in the kingdom. That's why when when the kingdom, you can never dismiss, this is so hard to do, when someone comes up to you and they want to give you advice or tell you something, you can never dismiss them because of the Spirit of God working through them. You might need to hear exactly what they have to say, even if it doesn't look right, or even if they're not that smart or whatever, it doesn't make any difference. The Holy Spirit is the instructor, the teacher, the reminder uh, force in our lives that enables us to hear what we need to hear, to learn what we need to learn so that we can continue to move forward. He does all of that. If, If the Holy Spirit indwells us, he's present with us, He's pointing us to Jesus. He's instructing us. He's standing beside us with his arm around our our shoulder, assisting and encouraging and defending us. We should listen to him. Amen? I think we should listen to him. We're going to do something different this morning. We're going to close this service, finish our time together by listening to the Holy Spirit. If you have your grace guide, would you open it up? Or if you're, I think it's on the app as well. Is it not? On the app as well, there is a, at the bottom of your page, there's like a um, rectangle, empty box. If you could find that. If you don't have that in front of you, just use an offering envelope or your grocery list or whatever you have handy. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us individually this morning. Not in any kind of weird, spooky way, but because He's here. If He indwells us, all if not most of the people in this room are, are uh, indwelt by the Spirit because they have called upon the name of the Lord. They have a relationship with God the Father, which means that this, the Spirit's right there ready to give instruction, ready to give correction, ready to give direction, ready to give encouragement. Whatever it is that we might need this morning, the Spirit has the authority because He is Lord and inside of us to speak to us. 
I want him to do that. There's many things that I could say about hearing from God, but the one that I want to say to you this morning before we do this little exercise is this. It is very difficult to hear anyone when you're talking. If Jerry and I are going to have a conversation and all I do is talk, I'm never going to hear what Jerry has to say. The same is true with the Lord. If all I do is talk, how can I ever really hear what he is saying to me? So one of the things we're going to do this morning is when we, when we ask the Spirit of God to speak to us, we're going to ask him specifically to, to speak something that we can hear, but we're going to be quiet so that we can actually hear them. We're not going to speak. We're even going to try to just settle that mental you know, craziness that some of us deal with where our mind's running. We're just going to be quiet and still and silent for a few moments here. And then I'm going to ask, the, I'm going to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to speak something to you. Don't get, I don't, I don't know why, I don't sense that anybody's like freaked out about this, but don't be freaked out about this because we already know that he's here, right? Amen. Do we know that the Holy Spirit's already with us? Okay, so if he's already here, we just need to be quiet and let him speak. And I, and I think if you get something really weird, like you're, you're like, you know, you need to eat more broccoli. I mean, that could be the Holy Spirit, but I doubt it because broccoli is demonic. So, no, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I just making sure you're paying attention. Of course, broccoli is not demonic. Some people eat it. It's fine. No. Um, actually, I like broccoli, but here we go. Sometimes we miss it. Sometimes you're listening and you hear something. Eh, that doesn't, it's okay. It doesn't make you wrong or bad or whatever if you don't exactly hear correctly. What I want you to understand, though, is that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord has a relationship with Jesus Christ has the ability to hear the Holy Spirit speak. You have the ability because he lives inside of you, okay? So if you get something that's really complex or whatever, weigh it against the word. Always weigh it against the word. This is where we know that's weird or that's right on. That fits with what with, with God's word already has revealed to us, okay? So would you close your eyes? I want to pray a short prayer. We're going to be still for about 30 seconds, and then I'm going to ask you just to write down what you're hearing in your spirit from the spirit. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you that you gave us the helper. We're so grateful for the helper. And we want him to help us this morning, individually, each of us, in our journey with you. We, we need to hear you speak to our hearts. Precious Holy Spirit, please do that. As we are still and quiet before you, please do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. When you're finished writing, go ahead and stand up, and we're going to pray together. If you uh, find yourself, um, and I'm, I'm sure this is true for some, if you find yourself saying, I didn't really hear anything, let me just encourage you. Um, that was a really quick exercise. If we were going to do this in a, in a less structured environment, I would say let's be quiet for a longer period of time because for most of us, 30 seconds just begins. The din just starts to settle. You need a couple minutes just to settle down so you can really hear. But don't doubt that he is speaking even if 
this is a new experience for you because he loves you. He loves you and wants you to be ministered to. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you help us so very well. I pray that this church family, Lord, that Grace Church would be a spirit-led, spirit-hearing, spirit-obedient group of people, that we would be the kind of folks that um, are able to minister life to others because we have heard from you. We're being poured into and strengthened by your presence. Thank you that where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, there's freedom, there's life. We're grateful. I pray your blessing over this church in Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands forward. Let me speak this over you out of Isaiah chapter 11. Grace Church family, may the spirit of the Lord rest upon each of you. May the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of, not, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, may these rest upon you. And please remember, we've not received the spirit of this world, but it is the spirit of God that we've received, that we may understand all things given to us freely by God. That is our birthright and our heritage. Receive that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope that this episode made a difference in your life. If you would like more information about giving your life to Jesus, visit us on the web at grace417.com.